Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Walid Shamsuddin with Supreme Foods Worldwide. Welcome. Lee, excited to be here, brother. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a, a little bit about Supreme uh, Foods. How are you serving folks? Well, we, we have two unique brands. One is called Supreme Burger. It's a gourmet burger concept. You know, we focus on veggie, vegan, lamb, turkey, shrimp, and of course, the Supreme Burger. And then we have a second, uh, which most people in Atlanta are familiar with, Supreme Fish Delight. And we've been in the market for over 40 years. We have 11 locations around the city. And that's more of a southern fried fish concept that has your whiting and tilapia, catfish, shrimp, and of course, uh, the famous hush puppies. Now, talk a little bit about your backstory. Did you start this to be a franchise all along, or did it start just kind of as a, a, a one, uh, one shop and then just organically grew? Lee, my dad started the company in 1980, uh, one location on Sweet Auburn Avenue, uh, right down the street from uh, where Martin Luther King was born. And we just grew slowly but surely as a mom-and-pop family-owned business opening one location every year, every 18 months. And before long, we had 10, 12 locations in the city. And then we decided, we, we, we decided to do some franchising. It was early 90s, and my dad was one of the first black-owned franchises in America. And in, in 90 to early 2000s, we grew to about 25 locations in the city of Atlanta and, and was excited to partner with uh, the Olympics in 96. And most recently, the Super Bowl in 2019, you know, uh, for the tailgating experience, we did about 5,000 burgers and, and was there for that exciting time with the Super Bowl. So just a very slow, organic mom and pop turn corporate turn franchisor. So what was it like as a business to make that transition into, you know, from running a store to now running a franchise network where, you know, now you're kind of a training and development business rather than a sell one more burger or fish sandwich business? <laughs> Great question. I think every challenge you could name we've had from technology to systems to point of sale to supply chain, you know, really exploring what it's like to sell businesses as opposed to just selling fish and burgers. And, and, and over the years, we kind of just learned organically. We, we joined different franchise trade organizations, toured different franchise uh, uh, shows, and we brought on members and teams of people who have been there and done that, i.e. legal, accounting, business development, and marketing to help us grow and get to where we are today. And despite all the challenges with the turn in the marketplace, the recession, and most recently COVID, we're still here and we're still positioned to grow. Now, has COVID, um, I know it forced your hand probably in some areas as, you know, um, the government said, you know, you're allowed to open, not allowed to open dine-in or no dine-in. Did it kind of force your hand in doing more delivery or curbside or had you always been doing things like that? Well, we, we had a unique experience. One, 
because of government mandates and, and the CDC, of course, we had to do, you know, light renovations, adding plexiglass and PPE and shifting to online and curbside. But the, the unique advantage, we've always promoted small footprints, you know, 1,200 square feet, 1,400 square feet. So we didn't have large dining capacity. 70, 80% of our business was carry out. And believe it or not, this has been a great year, the last two years in terms of sales for a number of our locations because of that. We focused on uh, online ordering, curbside delivery, really pushed DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber. And we had some unique pivots um, to, to go after emergency meals for frontline workers, senior citizens, and youth. Uh, which put us in a, a space of, of really generating revenue through government contracting and working closely with schools and nonprofits. So because we're we're very lean as a franchisor, we was able to pivot and not just survive, but keep all of our employees, keep our franchises open, and, and continue to serve the communities that, that we're currently in. Now, talking about, talk a little bit about how, um, Community impact is so important to your brand and uh, for the franchisees. Well, one thing that we promote is that uh, we thank every customer for being a part of the family. Because we're mom and pop, you know, we believe not only are the employees an extension of our family, but the vendors, the suppliers, the customers, and the community. So we take that approach we reach out to schools, we reach out to religious organizations, nonprofits, you know, your local boys and girls clubs and YMCAs. We sponsor as much as we can, you know, afford within the budget, more so for food and donations so that we can build that, that community, be the go-to spot for your burger or your fried fish and, and, and really get engaged in the football programs, the school programs, the band programs, so they see us as a partner in education or an extension of that community. And, and that model has been successful for us to the tune where, you know, you have the coaches come by and your elected officials come by and they feel good about supporting a business that supports the community. So it's, it's part of our philosophy as we build our franchise to encourage our franchisees to be supporters of the community that they serve. Now, have your franchisees profile changed uh, as we're hopefully entering a post-pandemic uh, period? Or is it the same type of person is buying the franchise now as they were, you know, when you started doing it? I, I think the model is shifting a bit uh, because we're getting more requests for uh, some joint venture opportunities. You know, we, we expanded into Mexico, um, just outside of Cancun in, in, a, in a municipality called Playa del Carmen. And we're looking to do uh, maybe two in Cancun, two in Playa, two in Tulum. And that's under a joint venture. And we, we've gotten calls uh, from some business people in Canada. Um, again, looking for JV opportunities. And, and, and most recently, we, we licensed a couple of franchisees in Charleston, South Carolina. And we're looking at Charlotte. But this, despite the existing model of, you know, maybe a, a single unit, a multi-unit opportunity, we're getting calls now that are looking for us to share in some of the risk, right, during COVID and look at considering a joint venture model or a multi-unit model where corporate is deeply engaged in the process. So I would say, yes, the, the, the model is shifting post, post-COVID. post Now, are you getting any franchisees who I like to call are professional franchisees, uh, ones that own multiple brands and are just trying to add like a brand like yours to their portfolio? Uh Believe it or not, just before COVID hit, you know, we got licensed and certified as ACDBE, 
which allows us uh, to go into airports. You know, um, ACDBE stands for Airport Concessions Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. And we also certified with the SBA so that uh, potential franchisees could get government-backed financing. And by doing that, those tools looked very attractive for multi-unit professional franchise systems. And we were getting calls to partner as a minority in airports, to partner and bring our brand into different concession opportunities. Um, Really excited about that. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. So it kind of shocked the market. And we're still waiting to see what these opportunities are going to look like as airports start opening back up and bids start coming back out for unique opportunities throughout the U.S. Now, um, a lot of folks are struggling with supply chain issues. Is that something that's impacted you you guys? Absolutely. You know, we went from a prepackaged beer-battered onion ring to homemade onion rings. We're cutting our own onions and, and battering, <laughs> battering our own product. Uh, supply chain has been an issue. The cost of goods, uh, poultry, you know, is up. Beef is up. Lamb is up. The fact that we have a unique brand in our burgers, we're doing all halal. The price of halal is up. Um, And in some instances, we have to remove items and make them featured depending on the supply chain. Um, And we're we're forced to look further up. How can we control our supply? I'm I'm looking at farms now. I'm looking at uh, commissary opportunities where we can produce stuff in-house for our system uh, so that we mitigate the risk of supply chain shortages in the future but definitely an impact, and, and we're looking to successfully address that for our franchisees going forward. So now we, we touched briefly on what an ideal franchisee looks like, but do you have kind of specifics in terms of, uh, like, how uh, savvy they are in business, their background? Do they have to have restaurant background? Um, do they have to – how immersed in the community must they be? Like some of them are nice to have, some of them are must-haves. Um, what's that ideal kind of franchisee profile look like for you? For, for us, uh, insane, ridiculous work ethic with the belief that failure is not an option, uh, to be coachable, uh, have some resources, you know, be able to put the money necessary to get the location open and do some marketing. And outside of that, you know – we're not rocket scientists. We're not taking trips to the moon. You know, we're flipping burgers and dropping fish. Everything else we can teach in-house. We have a pretty detailed curriculum in the classroom where we go through financials and food cost analysis and inventory control. And then we put them in the store for a week to teach them, you know, our systems in terms of cooking and prepping. And then we, we when they open up, we spend a week in their store. So all in, it's about three weeks, maybe to a month in training. And we think, you know, with our support, they'll have the tools necessary uh, to be successful. So now as a franchisee, uh, there's a variety of revenue streams. Uh, Can you share a little bit about some of those revenue streams that a franchisee can uh, take advantage of? Well, of course, the in-store sales, um, then the delivery platforms have interesting uh, models now. They they look to start reducing from that 25 and 30 percent down to 15 that's been successful. We do a lot of corporate catering. You know, we partnered with Fuda and Foodie. Again, that's a revenue share, but they put us in over 100 um, locations metro-wide. You know, we're, we're, we're catering for everyone from the CDC to Delta to Georgia Power to a number of corporations, and, that, and Fuda is nationwide. So we, we encourage our franchisees to look at partnering with Fuda and Foodie. Then you have government contracting. 
Um, and, and that's like more on the catering side, feeding your local board of education or your county commissioners or working closely with the school systems to feed for pregame meals, your football players, your basketball players, your marching bands, your cheerleaders. So we help show them all the revenue stream that you can have within your location inside the four walls, plus the additional revenue streams that take place through delivery or contracting outside of those four walls so that you can have, you know, seven to eight revenue streams per location. Now, uh, what has been the most rewarding part of the journey for you? This is, has been, must have been quite an adventure. We, you know, we're, we're excited that we've been in business over 40 years now. To, to say that we've employed the grandparent, the parent, the kid, you know, we partnered with transition centers and we've given second chances. Um, there's a tremendous amount of pride in giving back to the community by uh, providing emergency meals for kids and, and doing senior meals and delivering those into the homes of senior citizens. Uh, we're excited that we've been able to grow and expand outside of the country uh, that we've survived the recession and, and that we're navigating through COVID. Um, uh, but most exciting is when we get a note from a school and a kid says, hey, thank you so much. That burger was delicious. Or thank you so much from a senior that we appreciate your support during COVID. That's the feel good that makes all this worthwhile. And, and believe me, believe it or not, we get a lot of those letters and notes you know, especially from those who had second chances, who could, couldn't get employed. Otherwise, we've been able to employ them, promoting to assistant managers, managers. And in some instances, we're looking to get them in food trucks and get them in their own business. Because you'll be surprised, you know, when you have a business online or, or you, you have a brick and mortar, people don't come in and say, hey, does the owner have a felony? You, you don't have to check a box to see if they're able to be employed or, or you just go in, you swipe that card, you buy that food and, and you thank them for the, the good service and the good quality food. So by our, uh, our model of giving back and supporting and being active in the community, it gives us more reward than just making a profit. We're making a profit and we're making a difference. And that's what it's about, making a profit and making a difference for our franchisees and building a legacy for our franchisees and our community. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about the opportunity, is there a website? I would, I would send them directly to supremefoodsworldwide.com. And from there, they can see our impact, see our multiple brands, and see ways to become part of our family. Supremefoodsworldwide.com. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Lee, thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate the platform, and I, I look forward to being on, on your show again in the near future. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.